You're listening to the Fat Dude Digs Flicks Movie Podcast Network. Alert! Oh my goodness, what is up everybody? This is Andy, the resident fat dude of Fat Dude Digs Flicks with a special emergency episode. Here we are, Tuesday, January 24th, the day of the Oscar nominations. Well, I should say the the evening uh, of Oscar nomination day. Uh, and it's time to talk about these things. And it's never fun to talk about Oscar nominations by yourself. No, no, no. You need to have somebody to sound your opinions off of, kind of bounce some thoughts, uh, get some hot takes, get some like, oh yeah, that's, that's how I feel. Some, some nice agreements. Uh, and who better to join me, uh, in what has become a tradition on the let's talk about podcast. And we're, we're, we're throwing that tradition in, but we're changing it up just a little bit. And you'll find out how in just a second, uh, I am joined by my co Oscar commentator, uh, Miss Jess Johansson. Jess, how you doing? I am doing great. Uh, very excited that we're here at Oscar season once again. And thank you for having me back. This is one of my favorite yearly traditions. I absolutely love it. I love getting to do this. Like, I just think it's so much fun to kind of have you, uh, you know, have a chance to chat with you about your thoughts on the Oscars. Cause I know, uh, you are a big time award season fan, whether you agree or disagree with the nominations and the winners, like you just get really excited for, for this oh, time I of the year. I have opinions. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Uh, but you are not alone with your opinions, uh, this year. You have brought along a cohort in crime, your brother, Mr. Nick Johansson. Nick, how you doing? I'm great. Hello, hello. Uh, thanks for having me. And uh, like you may have realized, we are brother and sister, but we do have <laughs> very differing opinions on some things, and I am looking at Boz Lerman in particular. Oh. Uh, but we could touch on that in a little bit. But yeah, happy to be here. One of my favorite times of the year. Uh as a big sports guy and as a big uh, award season person as well. I'm super excited to kind of have you on board as well. It'll be fun to kind of uh, get to know you as we have this conversation in what is uh, one of the most heated uh, uh, parts of movie season for, for people with opinions to have. So uh, I will, I will uh, pull my punches maybe, but I'm not really (laughs) that, I'm not really that tough of a guy, so it'll be okay. Uh, But welcome, welcome to the show. Uh, I'm just, I'm super excited to have you both here. This will be fun to kind of have a, uh, a wealth of opinions to go from. So let's, let's start things off with initial impressions. Like when you woke up this morning or, or woke up today, saw the nominations, uh, how did you feel? Jess, I'll start with you. What were your, your, your first reactions to the, the nominations today? Well, I guess just right at the tippity top, it was uh, supporting actress. I was super excited to see Stephanie Sue on there and just all of the everything everywhere all at once love uh, yeah. 11 nominations total. I I kind of had a feeling that would happen. But as some of the techie awards kind of started rolling in for him, I was like, oh, man, yeah, this is yeah. this is going to be the one to beat so far, I think. So that was yeah. my initial reaction. 
Yeah, it was, uh, I think that was the first, uh, was Supporting Actress the first thing they read off to? And It, it was might like, have been. And it was just, it was a great way to kind of start things off because kind of following like internet hubbub is like, oh, they're really campaigning hard for Jamie Lee Curtis here. And it's like, well, well, good for her. But the the supporting uh, actress that this, like, is the standout of this movie um, is Stephanie Sue, And she is just yeah. incredible. And, like, I, I audibly cheered, uh, mm-hmm. like, lay, laying in bed, half asleep, uh, <laughs> watching these awards uh, get announced. I was like, yes! Uh, so that was a great way to kind of kick things off. And then, yeah, 11 nominations for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Uh, not to... Not to spoil a podcast episode <laughs> down the road, uh, but I kind of love this movie, uh, and I'll I'll talk about that uh, in in a month or so. <laughs> uh, uh, likewise, <laughs> yeah, right, right. Uh, Nick, what were what were your kind of initial thoughts to uh, this this uh, uh, nomination day announcement? Yeah, not to uh, harp on it again, but I will also be heard gushing about everything everywhere all at once <laughs> podcast because I love it as well. Yeah. But my initial reaction is what I was looking for is the blockbuster love this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of these big budget movies that we've seen in the past do not get Oscar buzz are finally getting nominations and looks. Uh, in particular, Top Gun Maverick, you know, that seems like it captivated the world, almost saved the box office at one point. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, you see Marvel getting a look with Angela Bassett and some Black Panther noms. Uh, mm-hmm. Otherwise, you know, just kind of looking at uh, what Steven Spielberg can bring to the table, what his push can be, and then also seeing who got that last spot in Best Picture when everything yeah. else seemed to be wrapped up. You know, it seemed like it could be like down to women talking, which spoiler alert, that's what got it. But, <laughs> uh, otherwise, like all quiet on the Western front, anything like that, you know, to see what snuck in there at the back end of that was kind of interesting to see. Yeah, that's that's kind of where we'll start, I think, here in a little bit. But I do want to say it was it was really cool to kind of see uh, blockbusters get their acknowledgement uh, this year, because I feel like the world of movies like wanted to give appreciation back to the the stuff that brought people back to the theaters like the last couple years have been tough like Mm -hmm. just tough and and there have been some hits and there have been some successful movies but i think even those successful movies didn't quite have the like universal draw as something like Top Gun Maverick mm-hmm. um to an extent uh Avatar 2 which I'm not I still have not seen uh, I'm not in any hurry to, to, to see I'm in the same boat not to make a water <laughs> pun for Avatar 2 but, but yeah I'm just kind of like I'm not I'm not I'm not there but you know I will probably try to see it now before the Oscars. Uh, but then Black Panther Wakanda Forever too. It's, it's, uh, you know, that's a big movie, uh, real, a sequel that, that so many people were looking forward to how they were going to handle, uh, the, the passing of Chadwick Boseman and mm-hmm. to get an, an Oscar nominee for, for an acting role for, for Angela Bassett. Like that's, that's pretty incredible to finally have, uh, a Marvel performer uh, get uh, nominated for their role. So I would say that the Oscars definitely were, were kind of like, you know, this is the year to 
really throw some sway, like throw some throw some attention towards the movies that have gotten people uh, back to the theaters, which is not not something that happens frequently. But I think with the the um, uh, increase of the best best picture category to ten nominations, mm-hmm. I think we're seeing it quite a bit more. Uh, so let's let's talk about those ten movies nominated here for best picture. So for best picture this year. Uh, we have All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar, The Way of Water, The Banshees of Inishirin, uh, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, Tar, Top Gun Maverick, Triangle of Sadness, and Women Talking. Uh, Nick, so when you heard the announcement of the, the nominees for Best Picture, um, what was kind of your your process here? What are the the nominees here that you're super excited for? What are the ones that you're kind of like, oh, really? That that made it? And what are maybe even some omissions? What are some things that were left off here that you're uh, not so excited about? Absolutely. Uh, I kind of take everything from a gambling perspective. So <laughs> I did take a look at the Vegas odds before nominations just to see how it backed up and how it like compared to what actually came to fruition. Uh, So basically, I kind of associated everything with, you know, I think it's almost a three horse race at this point for best Mm -hmm. picture. I think everything everywhere all at once seems to be the one gathering the most momentum towards award season. Uh, You know, it had a big night at the Globes. I think that you'll see as we get more into the guilds and the more awards there, I think it'll get more buzz as we go there. Uh, Banshees of uh, Inna Sharon. I think that that movie's not for everybody. I think it's kind of, uh, it's pretty heavy. I'll say yeah. that. It's, it's yeah. a pretty heavy movie. It's but, a little power of the doggy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But even in that regard, I think that people can appreciate that more than power of the dog and its performances and almost its sincerity in some regards as well. Uh, I think that's another uh, movie that has a gripe towards the golden statue as well. Um, initially, I thought that the Fablemans could have, uh, you know, a lot of buzz being that it's, you know, Steven Spielberg's you know semi-autobiographical feature with John Williams as composer. It's kind of kind of tailed off. It seems like people aren't loving that as much. And then, like I said earlier, those blockbusters that got in on the back end with Avatar yeah. Way of Water and as being the only person here, apparently, who has seen that. <laughs> I kind of I kind of rolled my eyes at that. I'm not an Avatar <laughs> fan, but you know, I can appreciate the the technical aspects of it, but yeah. uh, I don't yeah. know. But that's yeah. kind of my gist. It's, and listen, this is, again, this is coming from somebody who has not seen the new one, uh, but it, it feels like it's the, the just from what I've heard is it's kind of the same movie again. Mm-hmm. It's just they've, you know, the, the effects are uh, 10 years better uh, or, you know, 13 years better, however long it's been there. They're that much uh, uh, improvement, uh, but it's just, it's not, not really laying any new uh anything groundbreaking story-wise. Uh, and I think for that, that's why it's hard for me to really like get excited for it. Um, but, you know, apparently $2 billion worth of people around the world uh, have gotten excited for it. So that's cool. Um, I think, I think it kind of goes back to, sorry to interrupt. Uh, no, that's okay. That's a Johansson uh, Easter egg out there, by the way. <laughs> um, 
it kind of goes to what you said though Andy I think the way of water was successful because of the two years we had the slash three years now Mm -hmm. where I think people were just so wanting to have an experience like a 2009 avatar again yeah that it was easy for them to get the numbers that they did and you know I'm I'm again in the same exact mindset as you, like, why did we ask for this? And I'll even go as far to say, you know, why is it in the Disney parks also? <laughs> like, right? give us Beastly Kingdom. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, I don't need, I don't need Avatar in my Disney park. I don't, no. I don't need it. I don't need it. That's, that's not what's going to make me want to go to Disney. Like, <laughs> it's just I'm, not a franchise that, Yeah. I, I, it's not my deal. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've listened to a lot of podcasts this year that have kind of, uh, debate, debated the cultural relevance of Avatar. And there are some people that are like, yeah, this is something that's really important. And then there are other people that it's like, why? Like it, it was a movie that made a lot of money and just kind of like, disappeared from anybody's consciousness. Uh, <laughs> but now that there's a new one back, people are like, oh, yeah. I kind of remember that movie I liked 13 years ago. Sure, I'll go see a second one. Seems to be a strange comfort item or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's it's making money. And uh, with the uh, Oscar nominations, I have no doubt that it will continue um, mm-hmm. to make some money for a little while here. Um, one of the other blockbusters that I think we're, we're uh, isn't tied to a franchise, but did pretty well at the box office um, and definitely had that kind of like general audience support behind it uh, would be uh, this was something that was kind of touched upon a little bit earlier uh, but Baz Luhrmann's Elvis <laughs> um, Jess what were your your thoughts on Elvis is that something that you kind of see as like this uh, I don't know maybe hand across the aisle like from from film buffs to general audiences nomination or is this is this a movie that you liked is this a movie that you were completely blech on like what were your thoughts on Elvis <laughs> well I should be uh candid and say that I am a pretty big Boz Lerman fan yeah uh Moulin Rouge Romeo plus Juliet like those were just formative <laughs> movies for me growing up right so I've always been sort of attracted to the way that he goes over dramatic. And I always love how he has a way of remixing and playing with music and the rhythm in different scenes of all of his movies to try to like get the emotion that he's looking for. And Nick, my movie buddy here, we saw this at the same time and had very different reactions. Um, There were a few music scenes towards the beginning when Elvis was in Memphis, where it's kind of what I was talking about, where he remixed these songs that people have known for a long time. And it, it made me cry just because, I don't know, it just stirred something up in me. And it's the same thing that happened with his way of doing music in Moulin Rouge and everything else. So I... I liked it a lot. And I Mm -hmm. actually even thought that as the movie went on, it kind of lost that sparkle that it had in the beginning. Sure. I was even a little disappointed that it wasn't as crazy as it was throughout. Yeah. Um, It kind of, for me, turned more into a traditional biopic towards Mm -hmm. the end, which is fine. You know, I... I am a sucker for biopics myself. Rocket Man still is one of my very favorite movies of all time. Yeah. Um, And I, 
frankly kind of hold that to the standard of biopics at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't think Elvis got that far up on the totem pole for me, but I, I did like it a lot for what it was. And just to close off my rambling here, uh, you can't deny that Austin Butler didn't put in the work and there were times where I looked on that screen and he was Elvis. Like there was no denying. And I think that should be celebrated. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. Not so much. (laughs) No, no, (laughs) this is, this has been a very difficult year to be a Tom Hanks fan. Uh, (laughs) Though I haven't seen, I haven't seen a man called Otto yet. Uh, but I did see this movie and I did watch the trailer for Pinocchio and I think that's plenty. Um, yeah, I don't really know. I don't really know where, where the Tom Hanks I know and love disappeared to, uh, maybe under, uh, gallons of latex, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, yeah, um, un- so- unsurprisingly, our parents love Otto. Do they really? <laughs> that was made for them. <laughs> Well, I'm I'm hearing that it's it's better, but again, it's it's you know it's a Tom Hanks crowd pleaser. Not really anything that uh, you know touches upon anything controversial. It's just kind of a nice like, oh, he's a grump, and then he has a heart of gold. You know that that kind of story. But again, to be fair, I, just to kind of go back to Elvis a little bit, our parents mm-hmm. did like that too. So I think mm-hmm. that was a big draw as well as a lot of people of that age. Yeah, who watched that television special on TV and oh, yeah. wanted to see how it would be recreated, and I think they did the music scenes very well, yeah. and that is definitely something that should be given credit for. So, yeah, no, I I I completely agree. Uh, I'll, I'm going to get your opinion, Nick, before I give mine. <laughs> I know I was definitely in the pro I, column, so I'll stop yeah. Now. <laughs> uh, I I have a feeling, Nick, that you're. You're very uh, much on the other side here with this yeah. movie. So, so what are your thoughts on Elvis? I am pretty much the antithesis of Jessica's review. <laughs> uh, I think that first act of the movie is irrehensible. Irrehensible, excuse yeah. me. I find everything that takes place in his youth and in the carnival scene just annoying as all heck. And it's pretty much the reason why I don't like Boz Lerman in general is where that it's very subjective. I'll lead off with mm-hmm. this. But where that style very much appeals to my sister here, that in your face brash, uh, almost like comic book and larger than life type of scenario just does not appeal to me. I'm more traditional. I like, you know, some some subtlety within my storytelling. Mm-hmm. And so I think that the pacing of that first act, you know, with all those jump cuts and the f- I I think that this got an editing nom as well, which oh boy, I do not like that. <laughs> uh, that's Bohemian Rhapsody all written all over again. But I just I found it such a headache in that first act, and like you both said, Austin Butler, and when we talk about best actor, we'll talk about it more in depth. But absolutely deserves all the credit. He busted his behind to you know portray Elvis in the best way that he could, which was pretty dang good. But otherwise, I found it just to be just annoying in the first half. And just like Jessica said, the other the other parts just, yeah, all right. But they did shout out Rapid City, South Dakota. So you can't really. (laughs) Right. That last scene was incredible, though. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Instantly a great movie uh, if they're calling out South Dakota. Um, I uh, I liked Elvis. I liked Elvis quite a bit. 
Um, Theater it, people. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think that's part of what it is, is because we're so used to things being over the top that it's kind of like, oh yeah, I get this. I'm I'm on this movie's wavelength. Uh, this movie takes off like a cannonball. Like it just. Mm-hmm like right out of the gate just explodes with energy um and i think it's i i liked the beginning of it but i can completely see your 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 point there nick because it's like it just like it just goes like it's it's like the movie is rolling downhill and if you're not like if you don't grab on right away this is just you're you're going to get thrown off to the side because the movie doesn't the movie doesn't care to save you the movie's just going to do what it wants to do yeah. Yeah. um and it's 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 a lot um but i think because austin butler is so good um and my my parents loved the uh the elvis 68 comeback special i know that my my dad especially it was something that he quite enjoyed uh and so i know a lot of a lot of different things from that special and getting to see it kind of like brought to life here in this movie was really just really fun to watch um i was surprised by how much i liked elvis because i i wanted to be i wanted to be kind of jaded towards it i wanted to be kind of like oh it's this is gonna be really tough to sit through um and i think it's it's so extreme that you can you can either love it or you can really be put off by it there's probably a middle ground but i feel like most people are going to be one way or the other on it um and it makes it so it's like you know the the people who are celebrating that this movie got nominated for a bunch of awards i imagine they're in that the, the i love it camp and then there are the other people that are like this movie this movie got nominated for all of these awards. Uh, ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, I, I liked Elvis. Um, and I trying to think if I will, if it's one I'll be talking about in a month or so, I don't think so. Uh, but I think it's somewhere near, somewhere near my list. I had the thought this morning that if you combine the first act of Elvis with the ending of Babylon, I think the theater would explode. (laughs) (laughs) It's just nonsense thrown in your face that I think I would just leave. I just instant migraine. Yeah, couldn't do it. Not for me. Well, well, I'm. I'm. I wish there was a a huge award so that we could dive into talking about Babylon because it's one of the nominees (laughs) that I haven't seen. But uh, it was a movie that I maybe expected uh, earlier on in award season uh, to see come up a lot. Uh, Mm -hmm. But then as it hit theaters and uh, more people were talking about it, I was kind of like, oh, this is not... This is not Babylon's year. Um, were there anything, were there any movies in Best Picture uh, that you were either surprised did make it other than, you know, maybe something we've talked about already or or movies you were surprised that didn't make it? And uh, uh, Nick, I'll start with you on this one. Yeah, so my mind immediately goes to All Quiet on the Western Front mm-hmm. uh, just because of the fact, you know, it is a foreign language movie in its spirit. Uh and you know i think as we if we touch on the technical aspects of it it is one of the better shot movies of the year it is absolutely astounding to look at the set pieces the cinematography the costume design top to bottom it's just a beautiful movie but i think with a source material that's so played out i think that there's just a lack of room for creativity with it so you know 
as a movie itself, if you just look at it as a movie, it's, you know, it's not the most imaginative thing in the world. But, you know, it's one of those ones that you do have to give respect for, for, you know, the effort that they did put into the filmmaking aspect of it. So that's the one that really jumped out to me. And then, I, you know, I'll be open. I haven't seen Triangle of Sadness or Women Talking yet, but they are on the list. So I can't really comment on those. But everything else makes sense. You know, I have opinions about Avatar, but everything else I think is worthy of being on the list. Yeah. Uh, Jess, how about you? Was there anything there that you were kind of uh, stunned to see and then maybe something that that uh, didn't quite make the cut that you were kind of like, oh, uh-oh? Um, I guess I was a little surprised the whale didn't show up on here. Sure. Um, I guess it didn't get some of the other like screenplay and such um, nominations, so that could have been a clue. Um, but I was... I was pleasantly surprised to see Top Gun, um, kind of mm. like what we touched upon. I really liked that movie. Yeah. Um, so it's it's kind of nice to, you know, see something that's not to compare it to Titanic, but, you know, something that everyone's seen and like pretty much loves. It's kind of fun to have something like that to root for. Um, like Nick, I haven't seen Triangle of Sadness or Women Talking yet, but sure. um I really want to, and I'm definitely going to. Um, but uh, yeah, I think otherwise there wasn't anything else too terribly surprising. Yeah, and I, I, I kind of feel the same way. I think the the biggest surprise to most people is probably All Quiet on the Western Front, uh, but that had really started to uh, pick up some traction over the last few weeks. A lot of uh, uh, a lot of people were starting to say that this is one that can sneak in there, and having uh, ten nomination or you know ten ten spaces available, uh, this could be one that that knocks some other things out of it, and it looks like it did. Um, of the two movies that that you haven't seen, uh, the Triangle of Sadness and Women Talking, uh, I will say that one of those is exceptional, uh, and that's that is Women Talking. Uh, I had a feeling you were gonna say. <laughs> the other one um it's fine <laughs> it's it's fine it's it's uh the best thing about that movie did not get nominated um and that would be dolly de Leon's performance in supporting actress um she she did not make the nomination cut uh and i thought she was fantastic the movie overall is okay it's a little it's a little too long it kind of loses itself in little bits and pieces there um but you know it's it's another movie that has kind of uh picked up some traction as as the uh nominations like the nomination period was closing up and sure enough here it is it snuck in um let's let's jump to let's go with director uh because maybe that one that'll be a short conversation because i think there are some uh you know some thoughts there uh for me at least of what didn't make it more than what did make it uh so for best director we have martin mcdonough for the banshees of inishirin uh everything everywhere all at once the daniels uh the fablemans steven spielberg tar todd field triangle of sadness uh Ruben Ostland. And uh interesting that there were no female directors mm-hmm. this year. Um just I guess no 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 women decided not to direct movies this year. Uh <laughs> yep, that's did, what happened. D- didn't quite make the cut. Um <laughs> I'm a little I'm a little surprised uh with the uh, kind of like 
and this is, you know, I, I guess being online a lot, you kind of read different things, different takes. Um, and I'm glad that Sarah Polly got a screenplay nomination for women talking. Uh, but I feel like the movie is so visually assured that I, I really wished she would have gotten a directorial nomination. Um, and also Gina Prince Bythewood for the woman King, um, mm-hmm. just because it, it feels like she is tackling, like some Akira Kurosawa level, like, uh, war sequences there. And it's just like to be able to, to handle, like to be able to juggle that much stuff on screen. Like we don't see any of that with, with real people. It always feels like it's, uh, visual effects. And I'm sure there is some of that there, but it's just, I, I think with the, the epic scale of that film. Um, it's, it's surprising to me that, uh, she didn't make the cut either. Um, yeah. the rest of these guys, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm excited for the Daniels, uh, mm-hmm. just because of how much I love that movie. Uh, but everything else, I'm just kind of like, okay, okay. Um, the, the Ruben Ostland, uh, direct, directorial nomination is, a bit of a surprise to me um but that's that's just because of my feelings towards triangle of sadness um just for you what anything anything that stands out about this category or anything that that uh you're you're championing or anything that you're just kind of shocked or surprised about i guess my initial thoughts on this category is i want to say that they're gonna give it to spielberg but mm-hmm. I, I don't know i think just with the other nominations that they've had, everything everywhere all at once has a very good shot. Yeah. Um, as does Banshees. Um, yeah, I, I it, it's hard for me to say what I think is gonna take this one, and I, I really don't have it's hard for me to pick between Steven Spielberg <laughs> and the Daniels because yeah. you know, Steven Spielberg and then the movie that I love the most this year. So, yeah, I guess. That's pretty much all I can say about that. <laughs> do you do you think that this is this is a year where they're probably going to end up splitting? Like, uh, the, whatever oh. wins best director won't win best picture. Or do you think this is there's a chance where they just go all in on something? And I guess it's I mean it's probably uh, goes back to the same answer that you gave that it's very difficult to to kind of make that decision because these you know some of these choices just feel like a like a like an of course like it's a well yeah these these people are nominated for this and you know there's it a good chance it would make sense win. to me if people knew that fablemans didn't have a prayer to win best picture so that they sure. would give spielberg the directing one yeah. yeah yeah uh nick what are your thoughts on this you know i there are some large names here in 2022 that didn't hit at all and had yeah. some kind of disappointing movies uh off the top of my head sam mendes Empire of light that movie disappeared altogether didn't have yeah. any buzz whatsoever uh boz Lerman didn't get a nod for elvis which is eh. uh <laughs> and then it, it like and like we touched on earlier with damien chazelle and babylon that movie just doesn't seem to be loved at all which is surprising since it's old hollywood and the academy mm-hmm. usually eats that with a spoon uh, but I think that this, like you all just previously mentioned, is a three-horse race, almost kind of like Best Picture is, with Spielberg, the Daniels. But I do think that Martin McDonough could sneak this out. 
like you yeah. said, split the vote there. And, you know, like I touched on with gambling, he's plus 1,800 to win Best Director right now. And if you're a gambler, that is crazy odds and crazy value. So if you do gamble, take that. But uh, I think that he could potentially sneak up here and get it. But like Jess said earlier, this could be, you know, well, Steven Spielberg, here's your your Lifetime Achievement Award. And here's your mm-hmm. Oscar for it as well. Yeah. And I, and I think that this is, with this being like the movie that he has wanted to make his entire career, uh, you know, wanting to tell his story and, and all of that, I think there's definitely some... Um, sentimental feelings towards giving him the oscar here i uh sadly have not seen the fablemans yet uh it's it's uh near the top of my list of things to watch um i have it on movies anywhere so i will check it out soon uh especially with it getting all the nominations but i i just i have have not had a chance to check it out yet um but you know i'm I'm a Spielberg fan, so it's hard for me to it's hard for me to bet against him. Uh, but I do think you're right. I think that the the Daniels are um, there's there's so much support for them, uh, kind of being the little movie the little movie that could uh, the little movie that kind of has become the front runner. Um, but then you know Martin McDonough as well. He is uh, well liked, well respected. Um, and super appreciated for everything that he's done in the theater world, let alone, you know, his transition into the film world. So, uh, you know, big, big category for those three. And I think the other two are just kind of, uh, as much as I enjoyed tar, uh, I, I, I feel like, uh, Todd Fields kind of, he's, he's, he's the fourth best choice. Uh, and then triangle of sadness is here too. Uh, so. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, we'll we'll move on. Let's go ahead and dive into the. I'm gonna go with best actress because I think that's a pretty good category um, that can have some uh, have some conversation. Even though I feel like it probably is down to two people, uh, you know, who stand the best chance of winning. Uh, so our nominees for Best Actress this year are Kate Blanchett for Tar, uh, Anna Diarmas for Blonde, Andrea Riseborough for Two Leslie, uh, Michelle Williams for The Fablemans, and Michelle Yeoh for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Uh, Nick, what are your thoughts on this category in general? Uh, who do you think the ones to beat are, and what what are the gambling odds uh, in this <laughs> in this category? Uh, first and foremost, I really don't understand why Ana de Armas is here. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, I will uh, plead the fifth on that one. But, uh, <laughs> that, that movie is just such a mess, and I just don't yeah. see anything salvageable, even in her performance, to necessitate a nomination for that. Uh, Andrea Riseborough, I was just reading today, has had a crazy push with a lot of momentum to get this nomination. So it is kind of interesting to see her there as well. Uh, I'm not the biggest Michelle Williams fan. Everything seems so melodramatic when she's on the screen. So I'm out on that. But, you know, like you were alluding to, it seems like it's it's neck and neck between Kate Blanchett and Michelle Yeoh. I, as much as Michelle Yeoh is, you know, coming up on momentum, I still think this is Kate Blanchett. I, she's the heavy odds on favorite for this. She always has been. And I think she will maintain that until Oscar night. Uh, right now she's minus 195, which is a pretty big favorite. But I think that 
you know, while I wasn't the biggest fan of that movie for that movie, that was me going, yeah, it's, it's, it's a movie, you know, it's there, (laughs) but you know, that's one of those things that whatever you have against the movie, it's undeniable what Kate planned, Kate Blanchett brought to that movie. She is that movie. So, and she's a power in it. So if she wins, you know, on Oscar night, I have no gripe about it at all. Yeah. I feel like, uh, you know, for, there, there is definitely a, 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 a voice online for people who did not care for Tar. Uh, but I think that even if you didn't care for the movie as a whole, I think she is kind of the standout, uh, which is kind of like, you know, an interesting balance to the point of Blonde, where it's like that movie is like widely regarded as just, just a, a disaster. Uh, and, you know, uh, I remember Colin Farrell at the uh, uh, the Golden Globes, like Anna Diarmas was the one who gave away the best actor for a comedy, uh, and he just praised her performance up and down. And it's like, okay, what? Like, do we do we still say you you were really good? You you gave it your best shot in this movie that was just a, a mess. Like, how? Yeah. God, it was, it was just like almost like out of like enforced almost to a point where it was like, oh, people didn't like this movie, but we need to make sure that people understand that it was good. Yeah. And it was, it was, she weird... was the best part of that movie. Right. But it was a little bit, well, I'm, now I can't, I was going to say it, it, it's a little bit like Nicole Kidman last year with Lucy, but she mm-hmm. was not a good Lucy. So I guess no. that's not a good comparison. <laughs> right. I, I still remember how much we did not like that movie. I don't think, I don't, I think the time that we had our conversation, I hadn't seen that one yet. Um, and then I watched it shortly after and good God. Lifetime a, movie. <laughs> oh, just terrible, terrible. Uh, but yeah, just J.K. Simmons. <laughs> big time, big time. What were your your thoughts in this category, Jess? How are you? How are you leaning? Was there was there anyone that didn't make the cut that you would have liked to have seen? Um, I haven't seen Woman King yet, but sure. Viola Davis would have been nice to see. Yeah. Um. I, I pretty much otherwise echo exactly Nick's thoughts, except for I may be a little softer on Michelle Williams. Shout out sure. to the 94 Lassie movie. If you know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I'm even fine with Ana de Armas being on the list. I mean, mm-hmm. that's fine. That yeah. movie is a hot mess and it could be a cult classic someday, like a showgirls because it is just so goddamn ridiculous. But yeah, you know, like I said, fine i i um i'm going to personally be rooting pretty hard for michelle yo i think Mm -hmm. that this was a role of a lifetime for her and she just knocked it out of the park in so many ways and it made me a fan of her for life um and even if kate blanchett gets it again that's fine tar was a movie that i initially went away from not loving Mm -hmm. but after sitting on it a while i can kind of appreciate what it was trying to do and it was just a showcase for kate blanchett and again she completely nailed it so either of those two winning is is gonna be great yeah yeah i i i'm I'm with you uh on this one jess i i want uh desperately want michelle yo to want to win uh been a fan for 
quite a while like i would say probably since tomorrow never dies the uh james bond movie that she was in back in the 90s uh you know that's when i think i think she first kind of came to my attention i've just kind of loved her ever since uh and to see her get a to get a role like this um that really shows what she's capable of like i just i watch so much of the uh the interviews with her mm-hmm. kind of during the 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 press tour for this movie and just hearing her talk about how grateful she was to have this yes. part come around like it's hard for me to it's hard for me to root against that because mm-hmm. not only is she great in the movie but she just seems like the best. I and, know. Like, I just want, I want her to succeed. Uh, and I, I want her to win. And if she doesn't, you know, I'll be, I'll be okay with Kate Blanchett winning. But, uh, I one mean, thing I'd like to also just kind of bring up, cause I've thought about it since it's happened and Nick touched upon this a little bit, or maybe you did, um, with Andrea Riseborough and how she did this like very aggressive social media campaign. Yeah. That, evidently worked i think it's interesting to see going forward if people follow suit and how that sort of manifests yeah well like i i heard that there were you know several of her like famous friends Mm -hmm. just went like all out for her which you know good for her because it looks like it paid off but i think you're right you know now that it's a uh, Weinsteinless Hollywood who used to campaign like crazy for everybody. <laughs> yeah, you, you're, you're kind of in that era where it's like, okay, well now these people are going to campaign hard for themselves. Um, which, gosh, I, I'm kind of mixed on how I feel about that because yeah, it's, me too. it's it's less of like uh, you know, oh my peers thought I did a good job and they they're like they said that I deserve this instead of I said I deserve this. Yeah. <laughs> I want this. Uh so yeah, it's it's a tricky situation. Um which I'm going to go ahead and just jump into the next category then, uh which I think kind of had some of that as well. Uh and we we've kind of talked about supporting actress a little bit. Uh, but we'll talk about that a little bit uh, more here. So we've had Angela Bassett for Black Panther Wakanda Forever, uh, Hong Chow for The Whale, uh, Carrie Condon for The Banshees of Inishirin, Jamie Lee Curtis for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, and Stephanie Sue for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Um, I have been a little stunned and this is this is from the perspective of somebody who absolutely loves this movie i was really stunned that it seemed like jamie lee curtis was kind of the like the person they were pushing in this category uh because i think for her it's the legacy of jamie lee curtis over the performance who and she's fine she's fine in this movie but to push her over stephanie sue is ridiculous to me so i'm really glad uh to see that that stephanie sue ended up with a nomination here as well but i remember earlier on in the awards campaign season how jamie lee curtis like apparently said yeah she wants an oscar like she she wants to she will play ball she will campaign she will go to screening she will do whatever she can to get her name on the list and i'm like well i mean that worked too. And and people love her. They do. Uh, but man, I just, I feel like I, I, I'm very, very grateful that, that Stephanie Sue ended up with a nomination as well, because she is the, 
uh, she is the supporting actress in this film. She is just incredible. Uh, and I love, I love that movie. Uh, Nick, what are your, your thoughts on supporting actress? Anything here that you're, you're, uh, all in on or anything that you're kind of like, Ooh, cause this kind of feels like this is a category where there might be some, some changes as to who's the one yeah. who's kind of in the front runner position. I was just about to say that. I think this is my favorite category because yeah. I have no idea what's going to happen out of this. Uh, yeah. To echo your statement about Jamie Lee Curtis, I'm a big believer and a big fan of the original Halloween. Mm-hmm. So obviously I love her. Shout out to my original sc- Scream Queen. But man, she's like, if you think about everything everywhere all at once, she's not even in the conversation of what people remember about that movie where rather stephanie sue is i think she's in that conversation of how powerful she was as you know i believe that whole movie revolves around the relationships within that family you know from a mother and daughter standpoint as well and she has a big big impact in that as well from her emotional standpoint uh angela bassett i think everything is leading to her winning this for some reason it's just what my gut is telling me it seems like it's time for marvel to get that acting nod and she was very phenomenal. I do out front. I do have a little bit of superhero fatigue, so <laughs> I have a little bit of problems with Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. But she was phenomenal in that movie in the time that she had. Uh, Carrie Condon was very good in it as well. Not much else to say there. But honestly, my favorite performance out of this category is Han Chow in The Whale. And I thought that she complimented Brandon Fraser, and we'll touch on that in a little bit as well as I have a lot of thoughts on that. But uh, I thought that she complimented uh, complimented uh, Brandon Fraser the best, which I think that is, you know, what the moniker of best supporting actress is. So I yeah. think that she is my pick for that personally. And I thought that she was actually phenomenal in the menu as well this year mm, yes is very slept on movie and i thought that she stole the show in that movie as well so you know remember that name she'll be in this uh this oscar buzz for years to come as well i think yeah yeah i i completely agree i've i have not seen the whale yet because i'm waiting it for waiting for it to come play the state uh Aim. next weekend <laughs> yeah so i will i will check that out next weekend uh but jess what are your your thoughts here on this category and i wanted uh, uh nick had talked about superhero fatigue i think you're you're a person that i want to know do you do you ever experience superhero fatigue is that is that are those words that are uh even in your your uh uh language your i'll just <laughs> your, say your this i'll just say this i may okay. experience the symptoms of it but my actions are speaking louder <laughs> because i'm still watching fucking everything <laughs> yeah 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 heck yeah <laughs> it's it's an addiction i can't help it and you know i agree it's 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 dipped in quality a little bit lately mm-hmm. and i agree with nick a little bit on black panther i think my expectations were extremely high as everybody else's were were for that yeah and there was just some stuff that didn't land for me and you know, whatever. But yeah. um, that being said, I have absolutely no problem with Angela Bassett taking this award. Mm-hmm. I think it's, again, a little bit more of a, a legacy award. Um, you know, her Tina Turner performance and everything else that she's done that's been wonderful. And I, I think if she does win, it's going to be, yes, for Black Panther, because she was the highlight of that movie for me. Yeah. Um, but I think it's also going to be for her body of work. Yeah. Um, 
again, personally, I'm kind of with you, Andy, where I hope Stephanie Sue wins this. Um, I think it would make for a great story um, just because people were, I think she has a shot too, if it is going to be kind of, sorry, I'm kind of wrestling with a cat right now. Um, (laughs) I think it is possible for her to take this just based on the articles that have come out today where everybody's excited to see her on this list yeah um so if this does become a little bit of a a peer popularity influence um she's got a good shot there um yeah jamie lee curtis i i I get what she's trying to do and she wants it real bad but it's Mm -hmm. just i no um (laughs) um carrie same with Nick, Carrie Condon. She was great in that film. She should be on this list. Haven't seen The Whale yet, but uh, again, the menu is amazing. So that was, <laughs> it was nice yeah. to see her on this list. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a big Hong Chao fan. Uh, I even liked her in, I think it was Downsizing, uh, which oh, was no. not, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Not a great movie, but I thought she was, I thought she was great in that. Um, and then, yeah, the menu, uh, just wonderful. Um I yeah, Stephanie Sue is my 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 pick here. I'm really hopeful just because it would it probably would not be um interesting to, you know, the ordinary uh, you know, kind of like casual movie fans who are watching the Oscars, but for me to watch these three leads like walk away with an Academy Award is a real testament for just how uh how great the performances are and everything everywhere all at once and why it's so it's a movie that I think audiences can really connect to. Uh, so yeah, that's just, I mean, that's just kind of my thoughts. Uh, I'm looking at the time. There's no way this is going to be an hour. So, so we're, 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 <laughs> I didn't even notice the time until now. Yeah, this has been I just, I just looked at the clock and I'm like, well, okay, we're, we're still going. I can almost hear my girlfriend laughing in the other room at me. I don't think uh, it's ever gone an hour. Like this no, is the third one we've done. It's never happened. I'm, I'm <laughs> terrible at sticking to like, I'm going to make this quick. I'm going to, I'm going to be really quick. No, I give, I give up. I just, I just yeah, I mean, up. You, also, you also have two Johansons on here now. Who are <laughs> here, so here we are. Well, we're just going to keep going. We'll see. We'll see where this takes us. Uh, we'll go into, I'm going to go into supporting actor now to kind of uh, carry on with that, that thought that I started a minute ago. Um, so our nominees for best supporting actor are Brendan Gleeson uh, for the Banshees of Inishirin, uh Brian Tyree Henry for uh, Causeway. Judd Hirsch for The Fablemans, Barry Keoghan for The Banshees of Inishirin, and Kihoi Kwan for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. I don't even need to say uh, who my favorite in this category is. Uh, I have cried at every every award uh, that he has accepted so far during this award season. Uh, but God, uh, the, the comeback of Kihui Kwan is just an crazy, uh, an amazing thing to get to see. Uh, so I am uh, fully on board for that, but I do want to say before I kind of uh, ask for your guys' thoughts here, uh, I'm really excited to see Brian Tyree Henry in this category. That was uh, such a shock. <laughs> yeah. Like this is Causeway is a movie that like, came out with no real fanfare uh and he's giving a very very subtle performance but very very good uh and i just love him uh so just getting to see him get a nomination is really cool and i think you know 
like we said earlier about Hong Chao, I think he is someone that we will see uh, in these categories for years to come because he is just uh, incredibly talented and vastly underrated as an actor. So uh, those are my thoughts on this category. Jess, how do you feel about this best supporting actor category? Um. Yeah, I mean, imagine a story where uh, Kay, Haekwon, and Steven Spielberg both win, and there's a picture of them both holding their Oscars. Like, you you yeah. can see it. Like, I think it's going to happen for him, and rightly so. He was fantastic in that movie. Again, I, I've been very uh, open about how I feel about this movie and the cast, mm-hmm. and I just love them all. Um, I was a little surprised to see Judd Hirsch on here yeah. and not Paul Dano. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the two Banshees actors, there's no surprise there. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is going to be K's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I feel like this has been his, his award season and something shocking can happen. Uh, but he has been just like he, he has been the, the success story that everyone has wanted to keep seeing. Uh, yeah. and so I think, I think they're, they're not going to let He's been that... kind of the only constant throughout all of these nominations too. Like, yeah. you know, producers guild, all of this, like he's, he's been in every single one and has won, I think all of them so far. So yeah, he's also just the most likable person. Yes. Like, I yeah. think he's one of the more likable people to come out of Hollywood in years him calling into the Today Show this morning and in tears and just oh. jumping up and down. I mean, it just encapsulates who he is and how much he. We all want to root for him to win this award. Yeah. And like you, like you said, I mean, that whole cast is just tremendous. And so, obviously, I'm rooting for him to win as well. Uh, <laughs> Judd Hirsch. I mean, talk about efficiency. He's in that movie for maybe five minutes. Sure. And- Got a got a best supporting actor nom, so good on him. I mean, make your money, walk out, get a golden statue nom. Hold a Judy Dench, right? <laughs> I, I mean, you can't you can't knock it. Uh, but like, I have a list right now that I'm writing up. It's a running list called Nick's Kings. Uh, it's a running list, and Brian Tyree Henry is a staple within that list. Yeah, uh, I've loved him. I'm so glad that my my paper boy gets a gets a golden <laughs> statue. And uh, yeah, I I think that he'll become more of a staple as we go into more Oscars down the, down the road. I think I even loved him in uh, widows with Daniel Kaluuya. Yeah. I think the movie was kind of slept on and him and Daniel Kaluuya played off of each other brilliantly. Uh, yeah. But another thing with, you know, Brendan Gleeson, I think it's a situation with, you know, Kate Blanchett where if Brendan Gleeson does somehow pull this out and wins best supporting actor, I'm going to tip my cap and say, yeah, all right, that's fine. Yeah. With me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's the one where it's like, and I, uh, on Twitter today, I saw the list of all of the people who were first-time nominees, and that this is Brendan Gleeson's first ever uh, Oscar nomination is just incredible to me, because, like... Uh, I I think Brendan Gleeson is just fantastic and has has been fantastic his entire career. Um, so you know I'm I'm really glad to see that he got a nomination. And if somebody has to beat Ki Hoi Kwan, uh, nobody. I don't I don't I don't, I don't <laughs> want any I don't want anybody to beat him. But if if someone does, uh, I'm okay with it being Brendan Gleeson. Uh, I think I think he's great in that movie. Uh, which is a movie that I liked 
I wish I loved, and I, I, I certainly respected it, but it felt like there was just something, like one little thing missing from it to make me kind of go into the like full in love uh, stage. And maybe I, maybe I'll just need to watch it again uh, to kind of see if, if you know, if there was something that I missed. Uh, but I thought the performances uh, all across the board were really great, which will take us into our next category: best actor. Um, our nominees for best actor are Austin Butler in Elvis, Colin Farrell for the Banshees of Inishirin, uh, Brendan Fraser for the Whale, uh, Paul Mescal for After Sun, and Bill Nye for Living. Um, so a couple of surprises, I think, just kind of maybe maybe not a couple surprises i know one for sure that kind of snuck in even though people uh especially critics uh really enjoyed after sun um uh, and paul mescal's performance but i think he was kind of the uh not the not on everybody's list as far as you know their oscar predictions were concerned uh so i think that was a a, a pleasant surprise for a lot of people um uh, depending depending on your thoughts on after sun um but yeah the the rest of this it's a pretty pretty talented category uh nick how do you see how do you see this one going how do you want it to go uh what are your your thoughts on best actor so i'm currently wearing a brendan fraser shirt so sure. it's going to be very difficult for me to stay impartial out of this because <laughs> he's one of my favorite people on earth he's actually in my tenure bio so look out for that ladies <laughs> Uh, uh, and i tried to be as impartial as possible with his performance when i saw the whale which was two weeks ago i believe but man he it's it's almost like that movie is the vessel and i told this to jess as well that movie becomes a vessel for his performance Mm -hmm. and that movie either becomes a colossal failure and just unwatchable or it becomes an incredible, incredible legendary performance by him, which I think it is. Uh, I just, he, he made me just so, so sad and like in the best way possible, you know, for a man that is just fighting all these demons with physical, mental, all this stuff. He just brought it all home into one character. So I, he's my pick. Obviously I love him so much, but Austin Butler, like we said earlier, when we talked about Elvis, you can't help but, you know, respect what he did. If it goes to him, like, you know, all the all the people less than 30 years old on Twitter want it to go, uh, <laughs> I, I think that that's fine as well. And, you know, as we talk about Banshees of Inna Sharon, you know, does any part of you think that this is almost like a take two for In Bruges getting swept under the rug back in the day? Because I find In Bruges to be just an unbelievable movie. I think yeah. I have better than Banshees of Inna Sharon mm-hmm. and you know I'm okay with him like retroactively you know nominating all these people but it almost seems like kind of like a take two you know like that movie kind of got slept on but here you go here's your recognition for this dream team of actually putting out great work yeah yeah I I, I prefer In Bruges as well uh all across the board I think it's just a, a more entertaining movie and I think there's I don't know, something really to latch on to with that, with those characters. Not that there's not here, but I think that there's just, uh, there's something about in Bruges that I, I feel more 
more compelled to watch again um as opposed to this one but it's it's good to kind of be like you know it, it's good for the academy to kind of feel like they're saying oh yeah that movie you guys made uh you know over 10 years ago was really good i'm glad you guys teamed up again because that gives yeah. us a chance to you know throw some credit your way um but yeah i i you know i i'm looking forward to seeing the whale because i i I kind of want to get on board the Brendan Fraser hype train just because I think he is just uh, much like Ki Hoi Kwan watching his kind of uh, uh, reemergence has just been delightful uh, and seeing, seeing him appreciate how much, it, uh, how much it seems like the world appreciates him uh, has just been delightful. Uh, Jess, your thoughts on, on best actor. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll just kind of gloss over some of these because I feel like a lot of it's already been said. Uh, yeah. But uh, I'm personally going to be rooting for Brendan Fraser. I mm-hmm. kind of grew up with him between uh, Airheads and Encino <laughs> Man and The Mummy. And yeah. again, this is just such a nice story to hear about somebody who deserves the recognition, who's finally getting it after struggling for so long. Um, Austin Butler, it would be cool to see him win as well um colin farrell i'm really glad to see him on this list because he's had a great year i mean honestly (laughs) if things could have maybe been slightly different i wouldn't be surprised to see his penguin in supporting because (laughs) i just was so blown away with how good that was um i think paul mescal getting on here is kind of indicative of how popular he's gotten very quickly he's Mm. gonna be in that merrily we roll along movie that's taking 20 years to film that they've they've now (laughs) committed to him to be in one of the leads uh so yeah and bill nighy i i've heard great things about this role and this movie um i i've liked him for a long time as well so great list go brendan but yeah (laughs) yeah 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 it's uh you know oh go ahead how how weird is it for the younger listeners as well that austin butler of zoe 101 fame (laughs) It is not <laughs> that is still just jarring to see, but good on him. Yeah. I hope the accent stays forever. I like it. But... <laughs> I hope the accent stays forever. Just talk like that forever, Austin. We'll all be okay with it. Um, uh, this an interesting thing that kind of came out with this this uh, crop of best actor nominees. All of them are first time nominees, uh, and like that includes Bill Nye, who's just like you know. Uh, he's been around for so long and he's always been reliable and someone that you're just like, this guy's fantastic. Surely he would have an Oscar nomination by now. No, this is Oscar nomination. Number one for him. Um, yeah, just a, a, a great category, but uh, even, even though I haven't seen this movie, I, I'm hopeful for Brendan Fraser to, uh, to take the award. So we'll see what happens. So let's kind of, you know, we, we've touched upon the big topics here, but maybe if if I kind of turn the floor over to uh, to the two of you, if there's something else that you want to make sure that we touch upon, like even if it's just jumping through all of the different categories that you want to uh, you want to make sure you hit something. But uh, Jess, is there anything here that we we didn't cover that you're kind of like this is really impressive, or anything that you're just kind of like I don't know if I agree with this. <laughs> Um, 
Off the top of my head, I am just delighted to not see Taylor Swift for original song. <laughs> um, I mean, consider it a late birthday gift. Uh, <laughs> and I love the Gaga song, so I'm definitely going to be rooting for her on that. Um, you know, good to see good old John Williams for score. I think um, if Babylon has a shot at winning anything, it maybe could win costume, but I think it's it's kind of only shot as maybe this award because I got the Golden Globe. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does have a pretty unique and interesting score, so I wouldn't be mad about it. Um, Carter Burwell, sorry, I'm going really into score here. Um, Carter sure. Burwell has a great body of work, so I that'd be fine. Um, I gotta say Animated was kind of cool to see marcel the show on there i absolutely loved that movie uh i haven't seen pinocchio yet or puss in boots or the sea beast um i i really hope as a diehard animated disney fan that in the coming years we start getting some of these uh categories filled with those movies um especially some of the music categories as well Mm -hmm. Turning red being on here, I think was kind of throwing them a bone. Um, I don't know what would be there in its place necessarily, but I think this is a uh, pretty low on the likability list for me here. <laughs> wow. Well, hot. Is that a hot take? Maybe that's a hot take. Maybe not. I guess. I, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's fine. Sure. I just, I've been very, it's, that's kind of where the superhero fatigue is a little, it's, it's kind of paralleled in the animated movies as well. Yeah. Um, I loved Encanto though, but I, uh, you know, I'm a sucker for the musicals anyway. So anyway, um, uh, yeah, I guess that's kind of just what I have off the top of my head right now. So, (laughs) okay. Yeah. Uh, Nick, any, any kind of thoughts for uh, going across the categories of things that stand out for you, uh, or things that you're, uh, surprised by? Uh, first off, Jessica, not liking turning red because they used NSYNC in the trailer. (laughs) Shocking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's the biggest spoiler of the the whole award season for me but uh it, it's also kind of interesting to hear jess's perspective on this because it's almost like where our interests lie because she goes to music and animated where i kind of look at more of the technical side of things sure. and uh one being uh freaky deaky roger deacon's getting another nomination for <laughs> cinematography I mean, just an absolute legend. Basically, the only thing apparently that's, you know, admirable about Empire of Light, I've heard, (laughs) is how it's shot. So it's cool to see him on there as well. Uh, One of the bigger surprises, I thought, was the absence of RRR. Yes. Basically, Mm -hmm. nowhere to be found besides original song and maybe a a special effect or anything like that. And that was a front runner for the longest time. And it it wasn't even India's choice. Right to, to be international feature, which is absolutely maddening. I don't mm-hmm. understand what the rationale there is for that. Uh, otherwise, I think that it's you know what this year could have been the ideal year for if you remember back when they tried to launch that new category for blockbuster films. Yeah, this year would have been ideal with that mm-hmm. <laughs> with Top Gun, Avatar, Black Panther. But it, like I said, it's still interesting to see them all in here as well. But uh, otherwise, I'll just harp on it one more time. Elvis getting an editing nomination is ridiculous. That's all. <laughs> I was 
also surprised to see some love for the Batman. And yeah. I think they got like three nominations. Yeah. Um, I loved that movie. Um, but it, you know, it was all the way back in March. I figured people had right. maybe kind of forgotten that it was good. And it's nice to see it on here. I think one of the things with the Batman that really kind of threw a wrench into everything was I was really shocked when it didn't make the short list for best original score. And mm. I wonder if it was because it used that Nirvana riff so frequently um, during the, the film. And if that kind of, you know, bucked it from the original score, but that score is so strong. Mm-hmm. Like that is, that's, that's the beating heart of the movie. And it just, uh, it, it, it did come out early in the year. And it's a movie that I have really grown to, uh, like quite a bit. Um, because I'm a big Batman fan, uh, watched it and I was like, yeah, I like this. But I think it was for a three hour Batman movie to kind of see it in theaters, you've got to really be like fully, fully hooked into it. Mm-hmm. And I think it was the second time that I watched it where I was like, oh yeah, no, nah, this is great. And yeah. now it's now it's a movie where I can start like, you know, watching one particular scene and then I'm like, well, now I've just got to watch the whole rest of this movie. Like I there's no no shutting Especially it off. If you're now. a fan of, you know, obviously Seven and like mm-hmm. Black Dahlia murders or any kind of it, it was almost like a noir, like, oh yeah, I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> so different. Yeah. It's so different from everything else that, you know, Marvel puts out these days, which yeah. is appreciated by me, you know a lot because i think that that three hour runtime is i don't shy away from those movies i think that in this case especially it gives that character and a new character for all intents and purposes time to breathe and so i thought that that movie has aged very well and it took over tiktok so i was surprised (laughs) not get more nominations and more love but i'm glad it i'm glad it did get a little bit yeah and i'm i'm hopeful that uh you know, that, that our Pats continues, uh, as Batman because man, just a, a, a really great in that role, like really, really great work as, as both Bruce Wayne and Batman. Uh, so super excited to see him kind of keep, keep going with that. Uh, and maybe, maybe a sequel will find a little bit more love. I'm dying to see what other villains they add in. Yep. Yep. Uh, cause I don't, I don't want, I don't want Joker. Like nope. I'm, I'm, I'm Jokered out. Give me, give me something else. Like take, take it on a different. One. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> absolutely. Especially like a, uh, you know, a grounded, uh, dark, like film noir kind of Mr. Anti-hero. Like, yeah. Yeah. How cool would that be? Uh, yeah, I would, I would really be excited for that. Uh, just a couple things I want to talk about really quickly. Um, I was, I was surprised, uh, to not see, uh, Top Gun Maverick in the cinematography category. Mm. Um, I think Top Gun Maverick is beautifully filmed, uh, really makes use of, of the, uh, the IMAX format as well. Um, and just was so cool. Uh, such a, I don't know, like I've talked about this a lot with this movie as it was, it is a movie that you go to the theater to see and you're, you're reminded why we go to movie theaters to see these kind of movies. Mm-hmm. It was just a, a crowd pleaser, uh, a fun story, a movie that like didn't take itself too seriously, but wasn't ridiculous. Like it was just 
pure fun. Uh, and uh, I, I, I bought into it completely and I, I absolutely love this movie. So to see it get, you know, see it get a best picture nomination is just great. Uh, but I think, you know, Little things here and there that I, I really wished it would have taken. Uh, I wish there, I wish there would have been a cinematography nod for this because, uh, there are some gorgeous shots in this movie. Uh, I <laughs> am gonna throw love, uh, towards the one international film, uh, that I have seen so far. Uh, and that is Poland's nominee EO. <laughs> um, I love that movie so much um and it is uh at times the most wonderful thing i've ever seen the most heartwarming thing i've ever ever seen and then at other times one of the most heartbreaking uh movies i have ever seen and uh i'm really glad that it made the cut because i think that'll that'll get more people um more people to know the existence of this movie about a donkey, uh, a movie about a donkey's journey, which I know sounds really exciting, uh, but it is just a, a wonderful, wonderful movie that that surprised the hell out of me how much I loved it. Um, kind and of a I'm big gonna... year for donkeys between that and yeah. uh, Inna <laughs> Right, right. And I haven't seen Puss in Boots, but does Donkey make a little cameo in there? <laughs> he should, he should. Uh, they, um, couldn't afford, they couldn't afford any. <laughs> right, yeah. Eddie Murphy's back, so he can't he can't be be doing Shrek stuff anymore. <laughs> um, and then I will just I'll, I'll echo uh, the sentiments that we've said so far. Uh, what's going on here, India? You've you've got to you've got to put RRR like that's that's got to be your movie. It is a smash, uh, a sensation, um, and I think it's definitely my pick for best original song. Uh, but it mm-hmm. should have been should have been in best picture. Uh, should have been in best director. Like I am just, I am fully on board the RRR train, uh, and that it only ended up with one nomination. Uh, it was disappointing. Um, but you know, that's the way the cookie crumbles. So it has uh, a good shot of winning that category, though. Oh yeah, I could see them saying, "Hey." you get one (laughs) yeah yeah and i think too like if you if you get a nice performance like behind it like a live performance oh yeah like i'm aware that the the the, um uh the actor the actors are are lip syncing like that's not them singing uh but if you get them just dancing to this song like you're gonna bring the house down like get Mm -hmm. those get those actors up there let them do that dance let's get this show going uh people are gonna be like listen i may have voted for lady gaga uh but i'm gonna (laughs) change my vote it's (laughs) (sighs) so uh yeah that's that's really all i have like i've got you know what do we have a little over a month uh before the oscars i think it's march 12th um you know we've got a a month and a half or so of of uh uh conversation before the oscars are announced so uh it should be should be a fun a fun time leading into that and i hope that the oscar discourse leading to oscar night uh doesn't drive me crazy like it usually does so we'll (laughs) we'll see how this goes uh yeah any any other things you guys want to touch upon before we wrap things up here pretty excited for 2023 that's what i'll say i mean look the directors that we have going this year is amazing i mean barbie and oppenheimer on the same day but then we also get a We also get a Scorsese and DiCaprio team up. So Mm -hmm. uh, pretty hyped up for 2023, not to just discredit all that we just talked about. But (laughs) 
it was a great year as well. But 2023 could be even better is what I'm trying to say. And that's what we call a tease. Yeah. <laughs> well done. Looks like we'll have to have you back next year. <laughs> there you go. Happy to. Jess, as always, it has been a, a pleasure getting to chat with you uh, about movies. I always enjoy it, especially the Oscars. Uh, Nick, it was great getting to meet you online to talk about movies. Jess, I'll start with you. Is there anywhere that people can find you online? And maybe maybe <laughs> plug what you've got coming up here uh, this this weekend. Oh, baby, if you're listening to this before January 26th, you need to get your booties to the Belvis Theater at the Washington Pavilion. We are putting on Reefer Madness, the musical, and it is easily one of the favorite things I've done so far. It is insane um, and very, very funny. The cast is amazing. Not Yeah, just please come. It's, you're going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> and where where can we find you online on uh, uh social media if we want to check out your your stuff if if you want to share it that is <laughs> mostly just look for me at goodnighttheater.com that's probably all i post on, on social media anywhere anyway so <laughs> awesome uh nick any anything that you want to plug any social media presence you want to plug letterboxd anything like that I don't do anything cool like Jess. I can't. I can't, I can't sing or anything like that. That gene went right over me. I don't. I don't know what happened. But I mean, you can follow me on Instagram. I'll follow you back, Nick Johansson. I mean, that's 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 the go-to. But otherwise, <laughs> check me out losing money on sports and. I'm just an advertising guy. That's all. <laughs> well, I hope that, uh, you know, you're, you're able to place the right bet uh, for the Oscars and, uh, you know, that it, that it pays off for you somewhere down the road. Um, uh, you can find all things Fat Dude Digs Flicks on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Letterboxd, all of the social medias. Uh, just do a search for Fat Dude Digs Flicks and you will find me there. Uh, subscribe to this podcast, like this podcast, rate and review this podcast. Share this podcast with your friends. This is uh, a special uh, bonus episode tonight. Uh, but don't forget, there is an episode of the Criterion Break coming up on Thursday, uh, which you won't want to miss. We'll, we'll, we will be talking about uh, Two Days, One Night, and the Harold Lloyd silent film, Safety Last. Uh, so definitely give a search for Fat Dude Digs Flicks and find those podcasts. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, send an email to fatdudedigsflicks at gmail.com. Uh, one more time, thank you both so much. This was a ton of fun to, to get to chat with you. And uh, other than technical difficulties, I would say it went really well. Agreed. 100%. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Fat Dude Digs Flicks.